Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Luke, Gospel of Luke chapter 15. And uh, we're going to be reading from the scriptures today like every week. And that's pretty cool, but I'm excited to continue our series Proximity. But in Luke 15, this is Jesus telling a story. It's a story of the prodigal son. And I think even if you haven't read the Bible, maybe you've never been a Christian before, maybe you've never even stepped foot in a church, a lot of people know what this story is kind of about because it gets used in culture, gets used in, in the world. But Jesus is actually telling the story. So Jesus is the author of this story, just so everyone knows, because it all is based around Jesus hit right here. But in verse 17, he's talking about sort of the, the second part of this story. Okay, He's talking about the return, the great return of the son. And in verse 17, he says, but when he came to himself, this is Jesus speaking about the son who had been far off. He said, many... How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? He says, I will arise and go to my father. See, there was a lack of proximity. He was away. He was naturally distant. He said, I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your servant. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Sorry, no longer called to, uh, worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to. So he was um, away and then he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And it says he felt compassion and ran. And embraced him and kissed him. I just like that I just read that slowly. Because there's a lot of gravity to the, to the scriptures sometimes. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him. Put a, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. I want to preach a message this morning, part three. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Proximity, part three, with the message title, It's Time for a Run. It's time for a run this morning. I'm feeling in a run. I got my running shoes on this morning. I'm ready for a run. It's time for a run. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to... Be in your house, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're always speaking to us, God. Father, we thank you that your love is available for us today, Lord, and that you embrace us with your love. Father, you bring us close, God. And Father, whilst there was a time that we were far because of Jesus, now we can be near. And so, Father, I thank you for that again this morning, Lord. We pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would be here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here and you're ministering to people. You're speaking to people. Take truth this morning and help us apply it to our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, we say we're open and ready. 
for whatever you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. Proximity. Based on the passage in Psalm 73, I want to put it up on the screen again because this is kind of our headline text for this series. But in Psalm 73, the psalmist says something pretty incredible. He talks about proximity. He says, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. I love that the psalmist says, there's just you, God. It's just all about you. There's nothing else I got. There's nothing else I want. There's nothing else really that is is anything even remotely close to the living God. You. He says, but in heaven, my flesh and my heart may fail... But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. And then again in James chapter 4 and verse 8, we read the scripture last week. What does James say? He says, draw near to God. To the Jewish Christians that were dispersed, he said, to, to those people that were starting to get pulled in different directions and their faith wasn't lining up with their life and their life wasn't lining up with their faith. And he said, hey, draw near to God because in the midst of that, there is a promise in that side of that invitation that says, as you do that, guess what? God shows up and he comes into close proximity. He gets nice and close to you. He doesn't leave you hanging. He doesn't leave you alone in that moment. In fact, he does the complete opposite. He gets as close as you want him to be in Jesus' name. 2020 for us as a church is a year of proximity. It's a year of drawing near, coming up close, getting so close we can hear the whisper, the voice of God so closely. I pray it's a year for you that it's undeniable God's voice. I'm praying that in 2020, the voice of God is so evident in your life that it is simply undeniable where it's like, did God speak? Did God not speak? No, I know God spoke because I am so close to God and I heard his voice. It's a powerful way to live. And Jesus is telling us a story here. Jesus tells stories in the gospels. The parables are there for a reason. He's storytelling for a reason. The whole purpose of parables, just so you know is to help us shape an understanding. Jesus wants to shape an understanding in you and in me. He wants to paint a picture for you of what the Father is like and what heaven is like. That's the purpose of the parables. It's so that you and I, we can get an understanding. And obviously the people that were walking with Jesus at the time, it's for you and I to get an understanding and have a picture literally painted for us in story that shows us what God is like. What the Father is like. Have you ever wondered what the Father is like? What he's like, what his nuances like, and what his character is like, and the way he might respond to certain things, the way he would approach certain situations. You ever wondered what God is like? Jesus tells us. And this in this particular story, he makes it abundantly clear what the Father is like. It's always good when we read what Jesus says, and he says these words: He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like. Whenever you see that, you've got to get up close. It's like, wow, because heaven is my home. This is where I'm going to reside. This is where I'm going to spend eternity. I want to know what it's like. And we can know exactly what it's like. Is this okay this morning, church? 
what we see here in this story, in this parable, is physical proximity at play. Physical proximity at play, but this is not just a natural story with a natural physical outworking, but this is a spiritual story with a spiritual outworking. See, there's always two conversations going on in Scripture. There's the natural one, but there's a spiritual one. There's the natural meaning, the natural outcome, the natural outworking. Oh, that happened. But there is always a spiritual conversation going on. There is always two parallels in Scripture. That's why we, why we love the depth of Scripture. And we're always learning more about what God is saying. But we learn so much about the Father in this story. So as we dive in right now, what do we learn about a loving God who wants to grow in proximity to us because of our decision to grow in proximity to Him? What do we see here? I've got a few thoughts for us this morning, but I'd just love for you to take this personally today, okay? We've all read this story. I know there are so many scholars have made much of this story. There is so much in this, and we've heard this probably. If you've been in church your whole life, you know this story inside and out, but this is what I want you to do today. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to take this scripture and make it personal for you. Your journey, where you're at, your experiences, your hurts, your background, your context, what is going on for you. Because as we do this, you know what happens is we read the Bible for the very first time all over again. That's what happens. We read one scripture that we've read our whole lives. And we're like, oh man, I never saw that. I've never seen that before. That's the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit leading us to a place of greater understanding of who God is, okay? You ready? So when it comes to proximity and the Father this morning, number one, from this passage, number one, He's looking for you. He's looking for you. He's not looking for the person next to you, although He is. He's looking for you. Let's not be people that take a message and say, oh, that's for someone else. Oh, that's, that's not for me. That's for the person who's more spiritually minded. That's for the person who maybe has read their Bible more. Or has seemed to have got it more together than me. No, God's close to the brokenhearted. God's close to the people who actually in humility come forward and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I need you. God is right there. So this morning, friends, he's looking for you. What does it say? says that he's on the lookout. It says, while he was a long way off, his father saw him. He's looking for you because he stands. He is always looking for you. The father, the, 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 the God that created the heavens and the earth, listen to me, friends, is looking for you. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, God is looking for you. He stands and he looks. He is always looking for prodigals. He is always looking for his children. He is always on the lookout for you and for me. I want to bust up a myth this morning. And it's this, that God doesn't care about my life and he doesn't care about me. Because scriptures show me the antithesis of that. The complete opposite. While he was still a long way off. Oh, that gets me inspired for my friends who are a long way away from God. Because God sees them. And he's looking. And he's ready. God is always looking for people. I just love it because you get this picture that he was scanning the horizon. He was always scanning the horizon. It's not like he kind of just departed from that and walked away and went you know, off to the shed to do something that the father did. 
No, Scripture says that he was always looking. He was always scanning. He was always ready for you and for me. He's present. Psalm 46, look what it says in verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. Look at a very present help in trouble. The key word is present. The key word is present. The key word is he's actively looking. He's a present help. So you don't need to call. You don't need to wait three days for shipping. He's there. He's aware. You know, some of you know that our journey has been a little, a little, uh, what would I say, non-conventional to getting into ministry, okay? So for those who don't know, I was in business for well over 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, something like that before we got, before we started Colonial and it's a great story and I'm grateful for it. God is so awesome. But I worked in the, the stock market and as my, as my job, I would have to I would have to communicate with people who were money managers. And um, these guys they would, uh, and girls would be running portfolios and they, would, they were managing money. They were, they were professional people. It's like it's all of our retirement money and all, you know, stuff like that. Their job is to basically take care of it, do something with it. And I was fascinated by this, this, this thing that I came across. That when it came to the management of money, there was kind of two ways to do it. There was active management and there was passive management. And as I began to learn, I was, in, I was intrigued by passive management. Passive management is this kind of thing where it's kind of like, well, we just, we manage it, but we don't manage it. Kind of put it into the market. The fund tracks the, an index, whether the market goes up or the market goes down or you know, the economy's doing good or, you know, the economy's not doing good, but it kind of just is passively invested and left alone. It's like we're sleeping on the job and it's passive. But then there's active management as well. And see, active management is, is a whole different ballgame. Active management is a room full of people that are all actively working and actively involved in the intricacies of, of managing that money sector specialists and industry professionals and these, these guys, they would be checking channels with industry, captains of industry and doing all this sort of stuff, looking for the next move or the next opportunity and trying to you know, forecast and understand what was going to happen next, but it was extremely active. But you know, that's exactly the way God is with your life. He is actively and intricately involved. He wants to see, he knows about it all, he's interested in it all, he's, he's, he's right there with you. But what happens in life, and the enemy can sell this lie to us, that God is passive. That God is just not aware. That he's distant, that he's just not involved, he's just kind of like mailing it in. But I love it if you could write this down, and maybe this could be just something that helps someone but I love it if you could write that, this down. God is the active manager of my life. God is the active manager of my life. He's not asleep. He's not asleep on the job. He's not passive. He's actively working on my behalf. He's attentive to me. But I want to take it one step further this morning. In proximity, he wants to help you. See, he's not passive, he's not asleep, he's actually active, he's intricately involved, and he's ready at any time to help us. Does that just blow your mind like it blows my mind? 
God is the active manager of my life. And he's looking to help. Let me show you a few verses. Revelation 3 and verse 20, it says, For behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. How's that for proximity? I just love that verse that he stands at the door and knocks. He didn't send someone to stand at the door and knock. He didn't send a team. He didn't, you know, farm it out to someone else and say, oh, because that person doesn't have the right status or hasn't done all the right things and I'll send, you know, this person. Says that he stands at the door. It's him of your life and my life in Jesus' name. He stands at the door and knocks. And look at this in Proverbs 15 and verse 3. It says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Friends, I just want to tell you this morning, whether it's you're doubting it or you've maybe never heard it before, he's attentive for you. He's attending the matters of your life right now. He cares about everything. He's looking for you coming. He's attentive about the issues of your life and he is ready and he's willing to step in and be involved. And I want to speak this morning to anyone in the house and I feel like God has put this on my heart. If you've ever feel unwanted, if you ever feel like God doesn't care about you, if you ever feel like you've never measured up, if you ever feel like you're damaged goods, can I encourage you? But we have absolute proof today because of the cross, because of Jesus, because of the price that he has paid for you. It means that he loves you. He cares about you. He is actively involved and he wants to be there. He wants to be there. But it all comes down to proximity for you and for me. So number one, Praise God, he's always looking. Number two, oh, this is good. He doesn't hold back. Listen to me, friends. He doesn't hold back. When he sees you coming, that's when he starts running. When he sees you coming in the distance, he just starts running for you. He's ready to run. God is ready to run to you wherever you are at. I feel like it's time for a run this morning and for an understanding that God is going to run out. He's going to meet you right where you're at. He's not going to hold back on you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've come from. Doesn't matter what you've believed previously. This is who God is. When he sees you coming, that's when he starts running. When he sees you in the distance coming, that's when he starts running. You know, sometimes we can have this, this viewpoint about God where this, this kind of, I don't know where it comes from. It's like, it's like the enemy just gets so in sometimes. And we start thinking, God's not going to come running for me. I need to run right up to God. You know, that's not what the scripture says. Let me read it to you. It says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion and ran. I love that right there. It says that he ran. And if you understand this context, Jesus is speaking about, you've got to understand the Jewish context. I mean, a Jewish family man, like the head of the household, they did not run. There was no running. What Jesus is saying, this wasn't just a little like, like little. It wasn't a little shuffle. It wasn't a little jog. This was an ugly run. This was one of those runs where you're like, please slow down because you're about to fall over type run. Oh, it's time for a run this morning. 
It's time for you to start believing this morning that God actually, not only does He see you, but He's coming running for you. He's running. Come on, let's run. It's time for a run. Get out of the way. While he was still, still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran. And it was the type of run, oh man, could you imagine? Could you imagine the look on the son's face? Are you serious? I mean, he had his speech already. His speech was like, I'm going to go to the lowest point. I'm going, to get out of the, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to get myself. I'm out of the will. I'm out of your, your status. I'm out. I'm going to put myself in the lowest rung, but I would rather be there. That's what the son was expecting. That was the built-in expectation. That was what he was thinking would happen. But no, that's not what happened. Because it wasn't a slow run. It was a quick run. See, God, he's ready to run to you. He's willing to run. And it's a scandalous thing. It's not normal. Because we don't serve a normal God. So number one, he's looking. Number two, he doesn't hold back. But number three, he always gives his best. In close proximity to God, he always gives his best. You see, that's what the Father does. He hands out what is simply the best that he has to offer. And we serve a God who has the best. We serve a God who's got the best, who made the best. When we get to heaven, we'll be walking on streets of gold. I mean, look at what he gave him. He gave him a robe, the very best robe. He gave him the, the ring, the ring that signified authority, that was like, you are back in charge. You have status. And he gave him shoes fit for a son of the house. See, when we get there, we notice that it's better than we could ever imagine. Because he always gives his best. It says his son, he came to himself. In other words, he thought to himself. He thought to himself in that moment, in that place, far from, far from the father, far away. It says he thought to himself, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. I've figured it all out. I've got my plan in place. I've, I've thought about it. But there's a problem with that. And this is what Jesus wants us to know. Is it's like, you can think whatever you want about God. But that's not what God does. What? what does he do? He always does more. You can think, oh, if I do this, if I step out and, man, I really like, I go into close proximity with God. I'm going to, in my mind, I think I'm going to end up here and I think I'm going to end up with this. But here's the problem with that is he always gives his best and his best is always better than what we think. His best is always better than what we could come up with in our own mind. Let me prove it to you. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. He's the God who does what? Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above, look at it, all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He always gives us His best and it's better than what we think. See, the prodigal son, what did he think? He thought, I'll just do this and it's going to be awesome for me. He thought, if I'm on the lowest rung, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get my spot. I'm going to live out my life on the lowest rung. But the father had other ideas. The father had other plans. 
He had the exceedingly abundant above in mind. And he has it in mind for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. See, it's the truth this morning. Our standing doesn't change just because of what we do. And I think there's people in here today, you need to hear that. That you may have walked in here today and you have messed up royally. You have messed up so bad that to you, you're thinking it's over. To you, you're thinking I'm done. To you, you're thinking that I could never achieve any kind of status with God because of the things that I have done. Can I encourage you? The reason that Jesus tells this story and we are reading it today is because it doesn't matter what we've done. The Father's love is the Father's love. And it exists and there can be proximity for you and for me. It doesn't matter. Our standing doesn't change. Our status was defined by Jesus, not by us. Our right standing, our righteousness, we are made right. Why? Because of the Father's decision to run. We were made right. We are made right because of Jesus. But it all comes back to the Father's decision to run to us. Not because of what we do or what we don't do. You know, to accept Jesus is to accept that reality. That's the reality. What's the reality? God, grace, you've given me grace. And what Paul talked about was we don't take this grace and abuse it and just think I'm just going to do whatever I want. But when we encounter this grace, when we encounter that embrace that comes from the Father. That grace is the embrace. And we realize, oh my gosh, I could never go back to living that way. I could never go back to all the old things. I could never go back to the pig pen because of the Father's embrace. What is embrace? Embrace is proximity to God. The embrace is the closeness. Embrace is the is the up close and personal. The, the, the embrace is the close enough to hear his whisper. Close enough to hear his voice. And when we get that close, friends, can I encourage us today in 2020, when we get that close, we will never go back to the old way. We will never go back to the old thing, even lifestyle habits, even things that seem like they grip us, even when it feels like, oh, I can't escape that thing if we can just focus on getting close And coming into the embrace that God gives us, what happens is we begin to just focus on the goodness of the Father and forget about the thing. And I believe that's what He wants to do today in your life and in my life. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed. hope you enjoyed that message. I would love for you also to check out my brand new leadership podcast, Leadership with Matt McClory. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify. I would love you to go and subscribe to that podcast and really get some more in-depth teaching on leadership. I believe we're all called to lead in some area of life. God has called all of us to do something with our lives and so therefore we can grow in the area of leadership. I would love for you to check it out. God bless you.